everyone, you're listening to Everyday Retail, a podcast by Happy Cab Genalytics on stories and innovative tactics for people working in cannabis. Today, I'm here with Keisha Parker, the Assistant General Manager at Ethos Cannabis, which is a multi-state operation in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Maryland. Keisha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Talk to me a little bit about how you got into retail and you said Ethos is your first company, so or your first cannabis company. So yeah, I would just love to hear a little bit about your story um, of just getting into the cannabis industry. Awesome. Okay, so I actually started out in retail in general, probably when I was 18. Um, we all need part-time jobs, you know, in college and whatnot. And I kind of eased into it. Like I, I love helping people. I love learning about new product and, and informing like that's my big thing. Um, so it was supposed to just be a part-time thing and ended up turning into a, a, a nearly 20 year career. I'm probably dating myself now at this point. Um, but uh, around 2019 is when I was like, I think I need a, I need a change, you know, retail was coming monotonous and whatnot. And I just needed something different. And um, an old boss of mine, um, actually called me up and was like, hey, I think I have an opportunity for you. And I'm like, okay, well, what is it? And um, she was like, you should come over to Mission with me. And I'm like, Mission Barbecue? I'm not going into, you know, <laughs> the restaurant industry for retail. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And she was like, no, it's not that chain. This is actually medical cannabis. And I, and I told her, I was like, I have no idea about that. She was like, don't worry, you know, they're going to train you. You have the disposition for it. You like working with people. It's like a win-win. So I said, why not? You know, if I don't like it, I can leave. If I do like it, I can just explore the, the many different facets of it. Um, I started out as a patient uh, coordinator or consultant. Um, and first of all, the training for it was very extensive for us. Um, of course, you know, you're learning. They go over the customer service type of uh, training. But I actually had to learn from learn about cannabis from the ground up. So learn the particulars of the plant, learn the different cannabinoids, learning the what terpenes were. I had no idea. So it was just like, you know, a crash course in, in cannabis and herbalism all at once. Um, my boss, May, happens to be a certified herbalist. So that kind of helped me learn about the plant. When I came into it, I did not have a medical card in Maryland. Um, I was like, oh, I can use cannabis to treat a lot of the things that I have going on. Um, so let me go ahead and apply for the card. Um, and then shortly after that, it just became, you know, this whole thing of just experimenting with, you know, flour and, you know, pre-rolls and tinctures. All these things I didn't know existed um, were right here at my fingertips. And it just sparked my passion to want to get this experience and information out to everybody. Um, so they could also, you know, learn what works for them and partake of this plant. Awesome. That was, that was amazing. And, um, there's a lot of stuff I think in there that I want to hear more about in terms of the customer experience and then like learning about cannabis. I want to jump into, um, your role, which is the assistant general manager at Ethos Cannabis. Um, we were talking before just about um, inventory and sort of the balancing of inventory with some of the front of house duties, such as the customer experience. And mm -hmm. I wanted to hear, how do you, is there a sort of a balance that you have to strike with those two things? Like which one is more important or is it a competition? How does that sort of work for you? 
Um, for me, I always feel like inventory and back in house and the front of house go hand in hand, um, especially with how things work in my particular dispensary. Um, we are completely prepacked. There are a lot of, there is a difference. So you have some dispensaries that are deli style that actually have like the flour and everything on the floor. You can smell it, you can see it, um, and it's packed there. Um, we are strictly pre-packed. So everything that we receive from the cultivators is already packaged up in these nice little, you know, lovely eye-catching, you know, eighth jars and things like that. Um, so, you know, we store that in the back, but our inventory also handles filling the orders. So it's kind of like a streamlined service. You know, you walk into the dispensary, some people have online orders, um, some have to be PC'd, as we call it, um, consulted, so we can help them pick out the right items for them. Um, and then we send them to the sales floor where they talk to another person as their order is um, being made. You know, if they have any questions, comments, concerns, or things that they just want to know, um, we can also handle it there. Um, <clears throat> once inventory sends that up, like we're able to close out the transaction. Um, and you have to be able to kind of dance both sides, right? Because you have to be able to have the patient control, make sure that everybody is getting the same experience. Um, some people come in knowing what they want. Some people come in having no clue. They just got their card that day. Um, so it's important to make sure you have somebody um, who is dedicated for that. Um, that way it doesn't have like a, uh, a traffic jam, as I call it, on the sales floor. Um, and, you know, inventory, making sure that they are properly staffed so they can handle not just um, doing the orders, but they take in um, the deliveries, they process them on, on the spot. And then, you know, they have to upload that into the computer so that can be live on our menu. So patients always have a good um, selection of inventory um, to choose from for whatever they want to treat. Awesome. So one thing you mentioned in there that I want to unpack a little bit more is you were talking a little bit about the like the pre-packed um, dispensary versus the deli style. And so one thing that sort of stuck out to me there was how sensitive that control and how aware the data that you have about the inventory, how that's really critical to like making sure that like it gets to the floor and it meets the customer's like expectations that. So for example, you know, one thing we see a lot is, you know, I would imagine at least like in these pre-packed dispensaries, um, if you do have a shortage of inventory that sort of goes unknown and customers are expecting that when you come in, like you just sell out of a product, for example, that can really impact the customer experience. Have you had something like that happen to you before? We have. Um, it happens. It happens a lot sometimes um, because there's but so much inventory that you can hold. So we literally... Um, all of our bud tenders know the menu pretty much inside and out. Um, and everybody is a patient. So everybody has um, an idea of if we run out of this thing, I have two other things that I can suggest. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, foreseeing before the issue gets there. Um, because a lot of times, not just that, like you could run out of a product, but you can have a patient who comes in and tells you, oh, I'm trying to treat this. And you look at their order and you're like, well, nothing that you have picked up is going to help with that. Um, so you need to be able to think on the fly and be like, okay, so this isn't going to work, but I have some options for you that will. Um, and that's where knowing what your inventory looks like, you know, we have to look at the menu every day. 
Um, usually when things sell out, they come off the menu in real time. So it's not like it's on there all day and then someone comes in and they're like, okay, I wanted to get this. We have to tell them then that it's sold out. Like they can see on the website in real time, like, oh, they don't have this. Um, let me look and see if there's anything else that's comparable. Um, and that is a great um, testament to how our inventory teams are um, because they have to be on it like that. They're, they're not just back there, you know, just filling the orders and things like that. Like I said before, they're always looking at the menu, updating terpenes, updating the THC values so that our patients get the most accurate information in real time when they're making their order or when they're placing their order with us. 100%. And so I think just following up on that too, um, what, you know, there's, you were talking about sort of visibility into that menu, the live menu as it's sort of selling, it's selling in real time. Um, as a general manager, I'm sure that you have to like monitor that data. What are you looking at there? Like in terms of like, how are you traveling? Like what, what numbers are you looking at? Like, how are you sort of monitoring that flow? Is there like an easy system for that to happen? Or like, do you have a personal process? Okay, so luckily what we use for like that program is uh, LeafLogix. So LeafLogix actually, we have it on the back end and it connects to our POS. Um, so we're able to pull up reports at any time um, of how a particular thing is selling. Um, we can actually look at, you know, customer counts. Um, we, we check our, you know, how many units per transaction are we selling and everything like that. All that's in LeafLogic backend, um, which makes my job a lot easier because coming from a retail background where we used to have to handwrite all of that stuff and calculate it, you know, right there, I have a system that does it for me. So I can be like, oh, let me just type this in. Um, and that makes, a world of difference. Um, you know, the thing is, I've noticed just in cannabis in general, like there's not one central POS system or backend system that everybody uses. Um, so I have to say that I'm thankful we have one <laughs> that we're able to kind of, um, it's more automated than we have to sit and, and crunch numbers and stuff like that, because that can kind of take time away from us needing to be on the floor to, to help with any issues there or being able to jump in the inventory room and, and help um, anything that they have going on back there. Um, a lot of times uh, we do pull our, our numbers for corporate. So they, out, they, are, they have real-time access to all of those things as well. And I think they have access to reports that we don't use um, for you know, their accounting and financial purposes. But for the most part, we have something that works across the board in Maryland. Now, I think that's, that, that's kind of where it becomes tricky, especially for MSOs, because each state does something different. So while we have, you know, we have metric and we have LeafLogix and we use Dutchie, um, Pennsylvania will use Dutchie, but they don't have a, a metric. They have, you know, I think it's called MJ Freeway. Um, I believe Massachusetts might use LeafLogix as well. I'm not, don't quote me on that. Um, but you can just see from that, that there's so many different things in each state. So it's hard to streamline a, an exact process because every state is so different. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, I think that the, the data visibility in cannabis is something that I think is really, it's really unique to this industry. 
right? Like that's something we see at Happy Cabbage a lot too and how we've been able to make sort of our pools for the cannabis industries because there's just so much customer and inventory data because it all has to be tracked right now, which is really nice. I think it's, you know, obviously there's the disadvantages of like, it has to be tracked and there's all these processes I'm sure you're aware of the compliance element, especially in medical oh, states. Yeah. But then, you know, because every there is this sort of end-to-end, you know, seed-to-sale tracking, um, I think in some ways it does help, you know, people on the front lines like yourself understand the customer, know how to serve the customer better, right? Exactly. And I mean, even we have to track things down to each patient's allotment. Um, some states don't have like a specific allotment um, for their patients, um, but we do. And it's literally tied to um, if you oversell somebody, that can be a fine. So if we don't have this information like right then and there, like we could we can end up making a mistake that could cost the business money. Um, so usually when metric goes down, like the entire state goes down. So there's, you know, we can't really, we can't make, you know, sales or anything like that until they fix it. So we've had days where it's just like, oh, metric is down and we won't be able to see anybody for like two to three hours in that day. So you you lose two to three hours of business because that goes down. So I'm like, oh gosh, we have to figure out something else that's not so centrally attached and can literally affect the whole state. And, you know, having to explain to patients, yeah, it's not working here and it won't be working in any of the other dispensaries either. So it's actually putting patients at a disadvantage. Like they're not able to get their medicine in a timely fashion sometimes because of how it's set up uh, statewide. I can't wait when it's until it's not so tightly regulated. My goodness. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to um, um, pivot back to a few things you were talking about earlier. And I wanna talk about um, just sort of in this vein, bud tending and then also bud tending in a medicinal state. Um, you mentioned earlier that one of your practices for if you're running out of inventory just for bud tenders is that you have these sort of backup suggestions. And so, you know, what we've seen a lot is that those suggestions are either, you know, brands that may be, you know, of a similar sort of or like a more appropriate like composition for the patient. If like, you know, they if you run out of something and they're going to get something of a similar, you know, balance um, of, you know, all the composition chemicals that are sort of in the, in the product. Um, but then I'm just curious, like how you're, how you're sort of forming those suggestions. Um, like, how do you have those on hand for the, for just, you know, in case inventory goes out, like how do you develop those? Okay. So great thing is um, we use Dutchie for our, for our ordering system and our menu. Um, so, and it is actually directly connected to our leaf logics. So with each product, we go in the back end and we upload like the THC, the cannabinoids and the terpenes. Um, so what that helps us do <clears throat> is you can actually look on the website and see strains and compare like their actual plant composition. And so you can actually find strains that are similar based on that composition. So if you have somebody, let's say, who is coming in and they are looking for myrcene, myrcene is probably one of the, the most common terpenes we have that patients are looking for because it's great with pain management and relaxation. Um, so 
let's say we ran out of Ray Charles. Ray Charles is a, a high myrcene strain, and usually it's over about 1% myrcene. Um, in our minds, and because we're always going over the menu and we shop there ourselves, um, we're able to say, okay, well, if we run out of the Ray Charles, I know I'll go to this, like um, Southwest Stomper Willie's Wonder. That is another one that's uh, known to be a high myrcene strain. Um, so you can be like, okay, we don't have the Ray Charles. I have this as a backup or, you know, and so forth and so on down the line. Um, that actually takes a lot of discipline on our parts as bud tenders and, and uh, front facing people because we got into this business to help. It's not just always about, let me push off the, the highest THC flower on you and you leave. Like we're really, um, here to help inform patients. And I think that's the difference kind of between medical markets and recreational. I haven't had the chance to shop in a recreational market, um, but I imagine a lot of the things that we put on our labels aren't on the recreational things. Like, so we actually have to have terpenes on there. We actually have to have the cannabinoids. Um, so we have a visual every day of what we come into. Um, I was told the other day, like other states don't really put the terpenes on there. And to me, that's crazy because it's just like, okay, well, if you don't have the terpenes to look at, like how can you compare the two and, and, and have, you know, backups should you run out of something to suggest to patients? Um, you know, at the end of the day, that is the reason that we show up. So we have to arm ourselves with as much information as we can. 100%. I actually, you know, I, I had me thinking, you know, because I've lived in the past, I've lived in Los Angeles and been very familiar with like the California cannabis scene. But I think, you know, even in the recreational markets, there's there's always going to be people that are there for the medicinal value of cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with, um, you know, medical compliance as it relates to selling people products, aside from what you just mentioned in terms of the allotment. But I would imagine that there's probably a, a risk there with just trying to offload these high THC products because um, someone can come back and, you know, essentially complain, which if that doesn't result in, you know, a penalty of some kind, it definitely impacts the customer experience. Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, all of the bud tenders, the thing in Maryland is like, we don't have to be like a licensed, uh, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, pharmacist, um, because I know that, you know, Pennsylvania has to have a, a pharmacist on the premises. Um, so we do have to let patients know like, hey, I'm not a licensed you know, pharmacist. Um, so the advice that I give you is not like 100%, this is going to do this thing for you. Um, we have to always be careful how you, you say it, because again, you know, somebody can be like, yeah, they, they told me that this is going to do this and it didn't do it for me. And now I have an issue. Um, the thing with medical cannabis is that medical cannabis doesn't hit everybody the same way. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like all of our endocannabinoid systems are different. It's so something that might work for person A might not per work for person B. And so that's why we also encourage patients to make sure that they log what, they, what it is that they buy. We can say, you know, this is what this is known to do, but it could hit you differently. And you might want to, you know, log it down so you know, oh, this did this for me. This didn't do it for me. And it also gives, you know, 
some power back to the patients. Cause it's just like, okay, I'm going in here. I don't know anything. And how can I, you know, empower myself to make sound decisions for myself. So just giving them little tools like that also helps. Um, because, you know, you don't want, you don't want to leave anybody in a lurch, but tender or patient. Absolutely. Um, moving a little bit over to the butt tender side of this, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff um, to, to talk about in terms of butt tender training. I think that, you know, some of the things we've already mentioned are just knowing the brands, really knowing the products, you know, fortunately there is tech out there that can help with that. But I'm curious how, I would imagine that part of your responsibility is, you know, trying to figure out who needs training or who even needs an update because training is something that happens constantly in the cannabis industry. What does that process look like for you? Okay, so for us, we use a system called Power DMS. Um, and this is where we do all of our training modules through. So we have a training module on pretty much anything and everything, like down to operations, um, flower, terpene review, and things like that. Um, we actually are required to renew that every year. Um, every year. With that, you know, we all look at the camera, uh, the, the calendar and it's like, okay, it's time to, to re-up. Um, I think for us though, like using downtime to, to have people, you know, just Google, see what the new strains out are, are you know, we actually have, um, it's actually a Maryland um, Reddit page where patients actually come on and they, they, they talk about what they're purchasing, what's working, what's not working, what they want to see happen um, in different companies or, or even when you go to this, the dispensary. And so I've made it a practice for everybody to kind of look at the Maryland Reddit every day, see what they're saying. That actually helps us get a leg up on things that we should probably carry in the store, um, things that people don't want to see anymore, um, things like we actually get a little bit of an inside track on that. Um, it's all about really coming up with innovative things on the fly because this, this industry is always changing. And with that change, like we have constant change even in our state regulations every day. So we have no choice but to use downtime to like research so we can make sure that not only are we, we updated, that we're updated in what we're doing, but making sure that we are always compliant because compliancy is a huge thing here. Like we have inspections and all of that and we need to be up to date constantly because they could ask you about something and you can't in that moment you can be like you can't be like I didn't know about it um so I'm always on folks to to make sure that you just stay updated with the information but we do have tr like a actual uh, cemented training every year retraining every year and our new employees that we bring in they have to start on power dms as well 100 percent um and is and, and is that is that something that the state requires just locally, or is that um, just like a solution that you're using? It is a it is a state requirement. How each dispensary does it is kind of up to them. Um, but Got we it. just make sure that we use you know Power DMS is another system where we can actually do our our learnings. It actually tracks it, and we can print it out. And if an inspector wants to see it, we can give it to them. Now, I, you know, one of the things that um, is also sort of in this conversation around bud tenders that we talk a lot about at Happy Cabbage is making sure that bud tenders are selling effectively. 
is that something like that they're, that they're bringing in, you know, you, you know, enough sales to keep the business going because, you know, we the business obviously needs to make revenue, right? Um, is that something, is sales part of something that you're looking at when you're looking at like the, just like how bartenders are performing in the store, like their average ticket size or, you know, how many orders they're taking? Yeah, for my location, yes and no. Um, like we don't, I don't set like specific sales goals for everybody. We all know what the goal is for that day. Um, again, in medical, it's a little bit, it's a little tricky, right? Um, because one, we're dealing with people who have allotments. So everybody who comes in might not have the allotment to make the, you know, make a huge purchase. We have people who come in who might have seven and a half grams to 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 purchase that day. Um, so you can't you can't make a big ticket out of that. Um, so it's just like that restraint of the allotment alone kind of skews being like, okay, you need to sell this much because you don't know what everybody's allotment is until they're standing in your face and you're looking at the the Maryland system, which is called Maryland One Stop, where we actually put in their medical ID number and confirm whether they can actually shop that day based on their allotment. Um, and you always wanna make sure that you are in compliance with that. Cause if you're not like, and you oversell to somebody, again, that's a fine. Um, the regulations kind of restrict how we can um, actually look at those metrics. Cause it's, it's kind of coming in in a skewed form because of that. 100%, that's really interesting. I mean, the, I didn't really realize that the because of that sort of allotment parameter, there really isn't. There's no. There, it, there's more of an emphasis for bud tenders to really be um, caregivers and understand, like you know, as much as they can about the products that they're selling, just to, mm -hmm. to consult people rather than trying to generate more revenue for the business. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, the 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 last part that I want to talk about um, is, and this is another thing that sort of sashays over from our butt tender conversation, is customer experience. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot that I know you said on this uh, recently, at least. Um, but I just wanted to just get a primer for this. What do you um, what matters to you, like in you know, in terms of your store and for customer experience? Oh, this is my favorite part. Um, I like, I want every patient that comes in to feel like they are walking into your friend's house. So like the beauty of having a smaller dispensary is that we know everybody that comes in. Like we know names, we know people's, you know, we know when birthdays are. And I just want it to be a relaxing, fun experience. Because a lot of times, because of the stigma around cannabis, I feel like we're getting to a place where people are having honest conversation, right? But people still look at me a little different when they're like, you know, what are you doing with your life? And you're like, yeah, I'm, a, you know, I'm the AGM of a dispensary. And they're like, you sell weed? It's more than selling weed, but yes. <laughs> like that, that's the, that's the, the, the foundation of it. But when you get to see people every day and, and you know that them coming in to visit is kind of like a bright spot, you want to make them smile and be happy. Because one, you are, they are buying weed. Like, let's, let's just be real. Like, you know, that, that is fun in itself. 
Um, but also we have folks who are coming in who are literally coming because the medication is helped. Like that, that is what helps them align their day or that is what takes the pain out their body so they can function. And we have to remember that, you know, people have bad days and they're coming in to get their medicine. So I make sure that bud tenders, one, learn not to take anything personal because just like we have great fun customers, we do have some who come in who are in a space and we have to be able to hold space for that. Um, I like the dispensary to be kind of like a barbershop feel. You know, when you go to the barbershop and you get your hair cut and you're able to talk to everybody in there and it kind of becomes, sometimes it's a therapy session, sometimes it's a recommendation session, like it's all those things. I bring that feel to the dispensary and I empower um, the bud tenders there to do the same. Like everybody is, bring your personality, bring all of that because the folks who are coming in recognize that and they want a genuine experience. I've heard so often where patients say they, they go into a dispensary and they're there, you know, they have questions and things like that. And then when they ask the question, like they're either looked at funny or someone doesn't have the knowledge or they're just like, uh, and it makes them feel uncomfortable to ask questions about what they're purchasing. They should never feel like that when they walk into my dispensary or an ethos dispensary at all. They should feel like they can, act, they can ask these questions. They're going to get a genuine answer. My thing is, if I don't know it, I'll find out for you. Um, so you're, you don't feel like you're not cared for. It's that personal one-on-one -on -one service that I think we sell well. Um, so people don't feel like they're just being sold to and kicked out. They actually feel like, okay, I'm getting what I need. They're not lying to me to get me to just buy more or anything like that. Like they're getting me what I need to help me with whatever it is that I do. And they're having fun there when they're doing it. I want everybody to leave with a smile. That's awesome. Um, I want to add a little bit more nuance here because ethos is one of, I think, 82 or there's, you know, there's one of many dispensaries in Maryland. So people do have oh, yeah. places to shop. Right. And I don't know if there's mm -hmm. any legacy, le legacy operators there too, that are, you know, also working there. So I, I just, I, one thing that I wanted to um, kind of expand into is creating a customer experience that's competitive, like one where someone's coming to ethos and they're, they're saying, okay, I'm going to come back here every single time. You know, I'm going to be the loyal customer. Um, you know, one thing that you were talking about earlier, which seems like really the, the ticket in these medical markets is being really in lockstep with knowing what you have on your inventory. Um, and, you know, having, making sure that you have those suggestions on hand. So if someone comes in and you, you're not just stuck and you're like, I don't know, you know, like that there's, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's like, you know, that you have something on hand to make sure that they're going to leave satisfied while also, you know, delivering the friendliness and everything that you've talked about before. Um, I was just, I wanted to just ask you is, um, is there like, what else do you, how, how do you think you provide a customer experience that is competitive. Like, are there other like aspects of that that are behind the scenes, like the inventory piece? Are you running communications? Um, I have more on that in a second. Um, but like, are you running like like what are some of the um, like are there any other things behind the scenes that you think keep customers coming back aside from that sort of store store you know in store experience? Making sure the deals that we run are competitive. Um, where I'm at in Baltimore, like Maryland, 
it's not a huge state, but things are, are tend to be spread out. Um, but Baltimore is very saturated with dispensaries. Like where I'm at, I have a dispensary like a uh, half a mile north, and I have another one like a mile going <laughs> south. Um, and then not to mention everywhere else in the city. Um, so that is a huge part piece to the Maryland market that I've noticed. Like people are more deal hunters because there's so many dispensaries and so many places to choose from. Um, so we literally, you know, have meetings every week about, you know, deals and how we're going to be able to bring people in. Um, we've played around, we have a loyalty program, um, you know, that rewards you for every dollar you spend. It's a point you get to 250, you get a $15 voucher that you can use right then, or you kind of, you can kind of let your points collect. Um, we have, we offer different um, discounts for military, uh, military vets, um, firefighters, EMTs, you know, um, seniors, like we have different um, discounts that will actually stack with some of the deals that we have that day. Um, that's been very successful. Um, I think of all the things that we've tried, that's been the one that brings people in. They're like, okay, I can get a good deal here. Um, I can I can purchase a lot with a little bit of allotment that I have, like all those things come into play. And then, you know, the customer experience, you know, is what I feel, you know, I got you in the door. Now I got to get you loyal. Um, and again, you know, what sets us apart is being able to have that atmosphere where we're like, yeah, you know, we're your friends. We we know what, we, what we're talking about because we use just like you use. We can relate to you. Um, and like I said, if someone doesn't have an answer, someone else can chime in. Like it's that kind of, it's like that, I want to say it's like a group purchasing experience. I can't tell you how many times we've had patients on the floor and you have, you know, the person who's ringing you up, but, you know, someone else who happened to hear, you know, kind of jumps in and it, it creates this dialogue. And then you have, you know, everybody else who's like, oh yeah, you know, they, they hop in too. So it makes it a comfortable experience. I think that that is what a lot of folks are looking for. They don't want to feel a way when they come in. Um, you know, a lot of times people are hesitant, like, like, oh, you know, I have folks who come in and kind of whisper their order. You're like, you, you know, you can say it out loud. You're in a safe, you know, this is a safe space for you. Um, but all those things, you know, they literally go hand in hand. If you, if one part of that chain is, is messed up, it's going to, you know, derail the whole, the whole train. hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, and, you know, I think the part that you mentioned about um, making those deals is really interesting with what we're talking about, because, you know, there's, there's stuff that, you know, I think both of us see on the back end, just in terms of, you know, what we're trying to provide to, you know, operators right. like yourself, and then also what you're looking at in terms of, you know, having those backup suggestions. I think it's um like what we, what we try and do is, uh, you know, have like an inner, we, 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 I think it's really important to have a way to know what products, like what products customers are buying just flat out period. But then also like, if they're, you know, if they have these higher allotments, like what's also like in that order, like what's also like in that bundle and like how to build those mm -hmm. bundles together. Um, I don't know specifically how, if it, is there like any, are you restricted in any way to like make you know, a bundle on the fly or does that have to be cleared and logged somewhere? Or like how did those sort of discounts work? 
Okay, so we actually, it, we, it does have to be run up the chain, which is why we have the meetings about it um, every week. How we try to do our deals is on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, so we'll write the deals. Um, we usually try to do it two weeks out. Um, write them, send them in, get them looked at. Um, and what goes into um, preparing these deals is actually looking at our aging report. I'm seeing what we have a lot of. Um, seeing like, hey, we have a lot of this. This has these great benefits. Let's spotlight this. Um, just looking at those things and using that to formulate our deals. Um, we also look at uh, other dispensaries. What, what are they doing? Like we do it within a five mile radius. We have a few that we look at um, just to kind of see, one, if our prices are still on par with what's going on in the market. Um, it's not like you have the ability to kind of look at everybody's stuff and be like, oh, I think they're selling this or, you know, you so you kind of have to look at their menus and be like, OK, and then kind of tally your data like that and then look and be like, OK, so this is what seems to be selling across the board. Again, Maryland Reddit, that is a, a great resource, um, you know, for folks to actually kind of look and see, you know, what are patients saying? Because. We could be all, all the dispensaries could be buying the same, we buy from the same cultivators. Like, so it's not like you can't get a Curio Blissful Wizard, you know, you can get it at a number of dispensaries. Um, so really just, again, it comes down to the deals and how much somebody has to spend in their allotment and whether they can, you know, do a bundle or whatnot. We don't usually do the bundles on the fly. Like if something happens, like we're just like, okay, let me send this up to, you know, inventory and uh, get their eyes on it. And sometimes like, if it looks like it's gonna work in that moment, they're pretty quick to get back to us. So it's not like we have to wait hours or a couple of days. Like they're just like, okay, we looked at this. I think it's a great, it's a great idea. Go ahead and pull the trigger on it. Um, that way we can, you know, look at the sales for that day and for however long we we ran that said promotion, compare it to you know other days and whatnot, um, and see if it was successful that way. Um, <clears throat> we don't usually have to tally all of our data, and um, we do send in like end of day reports and things like that. And then you know the good old folks up in corporate they they analyze that stuff and then they bring it to the meeting, so we we kind of know where we're at as a company and even individual stores um, and those reports actually help us to know like okay you know we can look at the breakdown and be like we don't need to order any more of this so but we need to order more of that um, and just kind of look at the sales trends that way um, again it's ever changing so that's why we're meeting every week because it's 100%. like something that sold good one week might not sell great the next week because this new strain just came out. So it's, <laughs> it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you on your toes. hundred percent. No, I love that. Um, and then I know we're almost to time, um, but I wanted to just cut through a few more things. Um, I saw a um, comment that you left on LinkedIn that I wanted to actually bring up because um, it just pertains to the customer experience. You know, we work with, a lot with people who have, um, are able to text and send like cellular communications to people. And I think, you know, in this conversation of loyalty, where it sort of is veered towards is just like, 
having being sort of proactive in the market, right? Like looking at the deals, looking at your own data and trying to figure out how you can sort of respond to the other competitors in your area. But then, you know, I wanted to sort of, you know, bring up that that post again, which was just about um, the strict regulations on text mm -hmm. and, you know, whether like, like, I, I just, I was just curious, like, are, are you able to do that in Maryland? And uh, like, are you able to do that? And if so, if not, like, what are you doing instead? Okay, so how the texts work in Maryland is it's interesting um, because you can't have there are certain buzzwords that you can't have in the text. Um, you know, if they're in the text, you know, a lot of cell phone carriers will block it, so it won't even get to the customer. Um, so our marketing team has actually had to find some some interesting ways to get that communication out. Um, even, you know, with email, because you have to be careful on both medias. So it's pretty much like, you know, hey, look at what we're doing today <laughs> and it has a link that will take you to the actual website. That way you can see what what the deals are and whatnot. Um, it is just really tight. They it's it's tight to the point where, you know, our marketing team actually looks at the different regulations for each state and each state has their, you know, their, their, their uh, materials that they can use and they send it down to us and then we just disseminate it. But we don't have any, like, I can't send out a quick text, you know, from the dispensary. I literally go to the marketing department and say, Hey, can you guys do format something real quick? And they'll do that and send it out. But it's interesting because you're just like you want to be able to recognize um, patients and things like that, um, because, again, I come from a retail background. So we we did call, you know, we had call, call you know, a whole list that, you know, call these people and thank them for coming to this event or, you know, recognize them or let them know that something is going on. And here, you know, with medical cannabis, like you have to be careful with even how you leave the messages on the phone. Like, hey, this is, it has to be more like, hey, this is Keisha, you know, I'm calling from Ethos about that the thing you were looking for, give me a call back. Like, I can't get into it <laughs> over the phone um, because they, they, they train you like you don't know who could possibly pick up that call or hear that message. And if that, you know, the person that it was intended for, if they wanted it to be known. So, it's right. really tricky. So we have the we really try to find ways in store to to recognize those those people who are our our loyal our loyal patients who come back all the time, who bring people. Um we usually, you know, we link up with a lot of cultivators. We always have swag and things like that. So sometimes we give out like thank you bags or even just doing little thank you notes and putting it in their bag when they leave. Um, yeah. So they feel a part of the family and they feel appreciated because they don't have to come to us, but they choose to. And because of that choice, we're going to make sure that they have the best experience that they, that they do when they come through our doors and when they leave out. Yeah. I think that that's, um, you know, you know, a great way, you know, as we sort of get to the, you know, as we, as we're going to wrap this up, um, you know, what you've talked about a lot here that I really like is um, just that that sort of how the front of house or people that are responsible for the front of house are balancing out or providing that an ex a customer experience that sort of is um, 
synergetic to marketing, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, we see a lot of marketing is like, it's just really purely about the communications and targeting those communications to what mm -hmm. customers want, obviously getting them through. That's huge. I think that's yeah. one thing that cannabis struggles with, like, so much, which is, you know, there are just so many on the marketing side, at least there's so many, you know, providers where you're just getting, Hey, you know, come in and you have to go through all these different clicks just to see a menu and you don't even get a message that's relevant mm -hmm. to you and where, you know, the front of house really picks that up is just having that face to face and strategizing with that menu and like really making sure that, you know, I think those two things are in lockstep. Um, is there anything else you'd want to add on to that? Like, I mean, you mentioned events, swag. I just, I would love to know, like, what kind of completes that mix for the front of house? Um, community events. Like, <laughs> so getting, like, that's such a huge, huge part of all this. Getting out into the community that you want to serve. Um, you know, letting them know that you're here. Um, that's, that's like the piece that kind of seals everything. Because I can't tell you how many times we have people walk in and be like, oh, I didn't even know you guys were here. This is medical marijuana. Tell me about it. Um, so I know if that happens to us, it probably happens to other places. So it's just like, okay, the presence in the community isn't big enough. So, you know, making sure that we we are out and about at the events. Um, we just had um like last weekend in Baltimore, we had Hunfest and we were there, you know, just to be present and talk to people and tell them, what, you know, a little bit what, about what they, what we do. And those folks just walked around the corner and came into the dispensary. Like Sunday was a lot. We're like, oh my gosh, just using the, awesome. the quiet day, but it wasn't quiet that day. Um, but just imagine that was just a weekend event. If, you know, if you're making sure that your presence in the community is like that every day, you know, that's another way to gener generate, you know, those loyal patients um, because they're like, okay, they actually do care about something outside of just selling weed because a lot of times that's how people, that's how people feel. Like they're just like, ah, oh, they're just here to sell us cannabis. Like they don't, they don't care. They're just trying to push this on me. Um, and I think that, you know, Ethos um, has done a good job Ethos Baltimore has done a good job being able to be like, no, that's not what we do. We're actually here to serve you. And I feel like, you know, all the patients that come in feel that way. Um, that's why we have like, we have some amazing, amazing patients who come in all the time just to, you know, just to chill. Sometimes they just buy a pre-roll and just come and talk a little bit. And that's how I should feel like your, your neighborhood, the neighborhood dispensary. <laughs>